Welcome to the Make My Day podcast, episode 24, a not-so-anonymous therapy session for makers struggling with their side hustle. I'm Winston Moy, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, George Lahoff and Luca Pretty. Guys, how are you doing? Doing great. Doing great, Winston and Luca. It's always so hard to like go after. Winston always cracks me up with the intros, um, but <laughs> doing pretty good. Been um, busy, as I told you guys before, um, but this week was my birthday, so I actually kind of took off a few days just to relax and kind of recuperate. Like I cleaned the shop, I cleaned my work office a bit just to um, kind of prep myself for the holiday making season that's coming how about you luke how you doing um i'm doing pretty good it was also my birthday this weekend or this oh, week yeah so happy um, birthday i didn't know yeah, thanks <laughs> um no problem no i thought it was funny when you said that um or winston said that i guess the other day i was like what wait a second how did i not know this for however long it's been now but um no i, I did the same thing where i just kind of um spent time with family um, my wife and I just went out to dinner last night, and um, yeah, overall, uh, making has kind of uh, subsided, and um, I've been kind of just getting, trying to get situated for, I think, kind of like what you're saying with the holidays coming up, um, but more from like a school perspective, and you can hear uh, Mally's gotten a new puppy burst, burst of energy. So with that, I will take care of it as you guys continue the conversation. <laughs> Be right back. Uh, puppies are fun. Oh, yeah. He, he has a lot of opinions about making, obviously. How, how you been, Winston? How's, how's life treating you? Uh, good, but just busy. Like we're, we're trying to get the final couple little items nailed down so we can start shipping CNCs. Nice. Um, but like just little things like that that is the fire of the day like you drop everything to if if like new parts come in like you drop what you're doing you go tend to those parts you get them uh starting to move through the factory uh or the shop so um that is the the most pressing priority just getting getting parts moving through the shop so we can build cncs uh haven't had a lot of time for my own stuff which is regrettable but um hopefully like I, I I always say this. Once we get through a product launch, maybe I'll find time to like balance out my life and and start looking forward to the um, next projects. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just I feel so bad because I don't I haven't started like a new project uh, except for this one that I'm currently doing. Um, just because there's a, a partner involved um, who's like paying for machining services for me. So, like that's that's the only new project i've broken ground on in like the past six months uh for myself like for my channel so is somebody uh, paying you for machining services or you guys are designing something that you're sending out uh we're sending out it's okay. um they are a manufacturing service um so you basically upload a part and they um cnc machine it plasma cut 3d print whatever hmm. um the company is zometry uh, and I know like you have probably seen a couple companies where it's like, oh, like send out like your STL file will 3D print it for you or like we'll laser cut it for you. Um, Zometry has uh, um, CNC machining services as well, uh, which can be tricky because like um, like usually it's a pretty labor intensive process to like figure out how to machine a part. Like I know you've done CNC, you know, like like you'll take like an hour or two just to think about like how to. Uh, attack a, a CNC problem, um, but they manage like you upload a 
like a step file and they use uh, machine learning algorithms to figure out what the best way to machine it is and how much it'll cost so that they can give you a competitive bid hmm. um, which is actually like really interesting because um, you think about like how do you how do you train a computer to recognize a part yeah. and to understand different machining operations and how imperfect that's going to be at the start but you're staking your whole company on like that being like accurate and profitable oh yeah uh, so, so i'm actually really into like like or interested in this collaboration because um i got to just talk with some of the engineers behind the scenes and pick their brains like um if i were using this service um i would probably just be like eh, that's an okay price whatever and just go for it yeah um, but since I have access to like the people behind the scenes, I can be like, hey, why did the price change like this when I tweaked this feature on my part? Oh, that's so interesting. And so we can kind of deep dive that and uh, just really figure out like uh, the variables that make this work. So it's funny that you mentioned that because and you've probably seen this before, too. Um, like after you get a CNC machine or like tell anybody in the world, um, I, I started getting emails from there's companies that will be the middleman. So they'll go and get like the CNC job and they'll say, hey, do you have time this weekend to CNC this part for this amount of money? Do you accept the job? Whatever. Um, and I've never done it, but I've always been like, oh, I wonder if that would be worth my time. And I'm I've like in the past few weeks have convinced myself there's nothing I would hate more than taking one off jobs from somebody else of something they've designed so that i can just see and see them apart one i have like no passion for it at all like to me like designing the part figuring out how it's going to work like there's so much fun with that and once you design it it's it's your own part right it's what you're creating for yourself but two like if if it's about the business part you're the amount of money you're gonna make will never equal the amount of time it takes to figure out you know, the holding structure for that one one-off piece for somebody else in the custom. And if you screw it up and waste the material, that's your, your you know, normally that's your eating type of cost. Um, because I, I have people, I've had people reach out to me and say like, hey, will you like cut this out for me in my business? Um, and recently I said yes to one person because they were a friend and it was like something small, but it's even hard for me to get into the shop to click go on the machine because I'm just, not motivated like i have all my other stuff i want to make and it's like such a one-off it's just like well you know maybe you should like go get you know go get a cnc man like you want to like design stuff at this point so um you know like go yeah. full-fledged or, or pay a company and i think you know I, I made a mistake by saying yes i think i have to start that's gonna be my answer from now on is like hey like check out this company they'll do like one off for the cause because um I, i'm happy i figured this out like i i now know I do not want part of my business to be just like a CNC production off somebody else's designs. I want to CNC manufacture my own designs in bulk that I can sell at least 10 of or something that, you know, makes it worthwhile. Um, obviously the dartboards is like my, my most repetitive sale and it's, it's great because I've got the process down, right? So when I get to CNCing, I want to be able to know the exact piece of wood that I can cut like one four by eight and these like three slices and can batch three out. No problem. That That's what I know I want my shop to be um, for that CNC production side of the house. So I think it's interesting that you brought that up. I was kind of curious about that more. Oh, yeah, I just no, that's... Wanted... oh go ahead, Winston. 
Uh, no, that's um, it's interesting that you've thought about that. Um, so aside here, um, Zometry, um, they do some of the stuff in house, but they also have a network of like machinists mm -hmm. and like other facilities that will do stuff for them. Um, when they figure out whether or not they can um, give you a quote for an object, they also look at their list of like machinists and stuff that they have working for them, and they can pair a job to like other jobs that uh, a machinist has done before. Like if someone's really good with like plywood routing, or someone's really good with like steel machining, or like making oh. like a very specific kind of part, like they will offer them the job first. So like if you got into the groove, like doing a very specific kind of like, I don't know, sign for the Navy, yeah. like a job like that might, uh, they'll give you first dibs on it. Um, so if you come up with a really good, really efficient process where like you have a bunch of stock that's pre-cut to like 12 by 18 or something for a, a certain plaque and a new job comes in and you can be like, oh, I'll just do the tool pads in 15 minutes, like clamp it onto my CNC where I have the, the clamps in the perfect spot and it takes you like... 15 minutes to go from like get job to go like that might be that might make it a lot less um that might make you less reluctant to want to take those jobs if it doesn't interrupt your workflow as much um huh. i like not that. to sway you to go back to like taking on outside jobs because i know there is a an opportunity cost right every minute you spend making someone else's thing you're not making the thing that you actually want to make. That's no. a huge part of it. And then shipping is always going to be a part of it, right? It's a different size, different shape. It, unless it's like, you know, I'm cutting out a deer for Christmas and they want like their own type of deer and it's going to be the same box I can use. But um, I'm reluctant at this point. And may, maybe that'll change. Maybe I just have so many things on my plate that I want to make. And it's I like, I think the big thing me. would be for you, George, is like if you got to put your business card in there and then you could eventually bypass Zometry. Oh. So that person then's like, oh, I need to reach out to George, not to Zometry, because George did a great job. And now we partner to make these reindeer or whatever it may be. So that's a good point. Winston, does it go back to Zometry and then to. I'm not sure. I've never worked for them behind the scenes, and I'm, I, I feel like they would probably discourage that. But you mentioned shipping, <laughs> which is one, like a, a big factor, and that's one of the things where I feel like, um, like CNC and 3D printing becoming so, uh, distributed and and so like approachable to the average person, uh, is kind of gonna push manufacturing back to being local. Oh, like yeah. you look at craft fairs and stuff like you're going to try and want to find things that are made like in your state rather than like imported and someone's just reselling. Like there's a lot more opportunity for people and individuals to shine and for you to make choices to buy from local uh, businesses. So not only will seeing, so I've thought about this a lot, not only will seeing, but like even like all the political stuff, everything like we're seeing with like, like China and stuff like people actually want stuff made in like USA these days more so and I'm like, I've always been behind that we, we kind of touched on this before. Um, but even through Etsy, I will get specific people that search for somebody in Tom's River or New Jersey and found me and said, Hey, I want to keep this local to New Jersey. Can you do this job? And I'll actually meet them and like drop it off and make sure they like it and kind of go out of my way. So I think you're 100% right. I think people um you know it, it will be more localized and that's that's great imagine not having to ship 
I ship a lot to California and I'm always worried. Like I'm always worried and it's extremely expensive. Um, so I, I think you're like right on the money. Um, and that kind of goes towards the like local craft fairs that I've been wanting to do with Luke for so long. Cause I want to see, you know, people's reaction to my work and, and kind of get to meet them in a, a certain way. Um, I, I really, I want to do a craft fair so bad. <laughs> I still want to do it. <laughs> I know I'm kicking myself because we, I think in one of our last episodes we did in the spring, we said we were going to do it. Yep. And we do have one I just saw on Instagram last night. Um, the one that I did a few years ago, they're um, starting it back up. Obviously during COVID they weren't able to, but it was a really small um, venue. So it was only like 20 to 30 people. I think it might've, mm been more like 20 um that they selected and let in there and so i mean i can send you that page if you are interested you don't need to have a big space and um we've talked about before like the strategy of maybe you just bring a couple different products and then you take the orders and say i will deliver them or ship them yeah. to you well, when um, would it be is it like in december i think or? it's uh near the end of november i i forget the dates off the top of my head but um, yeah, I'll send it to you. It's send, in send it my way. Yeah. Because it was, I was like kicking myself because I was like, a craft fair in November, like there's nothing better, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, for getting ready for Christmas. Yep. Um, Black Friday is supposed to be a mess this year, evidently, because of like shipping delays. So I was mm -hmm. like, man, like missed opportunity. So if I had to like hustle and like, I don't know, even take like a day or two from work to make sure like I can get at least like three of everything down and that that well i mean that i'd love to get more but um mm -hmm. i want a big variety more so also yeah it was a mean, lot of work <laughs> yeah if you want to talk about it a little further even after the podcast or something just briefly to yeah i could send you the page you could see the date to see if it's even practical but i think if i were to do one again which i do really want to it's just going to be too hard i think with soccer right now going on um yeah. is that if you bring your product, like I even have a sample I was going to show you guys of something with like oh, I love bending that. wire. That's cool. So like that's Adrian, that wire stuff you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, right. Like, that's cool. Um, little coffee mugs. I have another one that's bigger, but I don't like the base and the size of the thing, but a, a smaller pumpkin. Um, and they're like wire hanger. So it's super cheap to do, but it's a lot of fun to like bend the wire and um, I don't know, just so, do different shapes. So I have talk one about of that a little. How, how do you actually go? Because you, your curves aren't, I've noticed this with wire hangers. Once you make a curve, it's like really hard to get go back to like a natural curve. Mm -hmm. And you have a pretty good. So so for yeah. everybody who can't see, he's yeah. got like a, a pumpkin made out of wire on mm -hmm. a piece of wood. And maybe I'll post it on Instagram. Yeah. Post this video. Um, I'm supposed to spray paint them so that they look like a finished product. Because right oh, now, cool. I don't know if you could see that wood is pretty. It, it was an old piece of um, wood that holds something that I'm spraying up. So it had cool. like, you know, spray from, I think a black or blue thing that I was spraying. Um, but yeah, so this is wire hanger, like the same gauge and everything, but at Home Depot, you can buy just straight wire. Huh. Um, and so that's why I don't have the kinks from, you know, the hook that goes around your clo uh, clothing rack or anything. So that's yeah, that's really cool. I yeah, I like that. I know. I I forget where I found all the wire. Probably was at like Adrian's grandma's garage. But I then checked on Home Depot. You can buy this type of wire. There must be other uses for it. 
but it's it's actually a lot of fun like you just have this three foot piece and then i draw out a shape on a piece of paper and then start this is what i learned you've got to start from the end of the wire don't start in the middle and as you do that you still always will have enough wire to bend easily and then you can just cut it once you get to your shape so um, I would like to start doing stuff like this and I feel like I could sell this on Etsy fairly easily it's a small box it's super light so shipping wouldn't be bad um, but yeah that was something that I was like all right I could do that for a craft show and you just get all the things beer wine coffee pumpkin yeah. seasonal stuff like and it's it's easy it's like a simple shape I think people would like it I even thought of you could slide a I don't have a picture but like you could put a picture kind of in there. I don't know. I'd have to design it better, but oh, cool. I think you get the point, right? That you could slide it between the pieces of metal. And I've seen those at like Marshalls and Target. Um, so yeah, I was like, ah, oh, that's something that's definitely ready for uh, going to a craft show. It would be cool. I just thought of another application of that. So I recently made that LED neon sign I told you guys about, and mm -hmm. I'm going to be making a video of it because um, it was a little bit harder than I expected, and there's not a lot of good videos out there how to actually um, do it with like different colors and soldering. Um, but um, some people use wood and they spray paint it and then they lay out the LED um, in the grooves to keep the shape. Uh, I used a piece of acrylic which jumps up the price like crazy, um, but it's see-through, so it kind of just looks more neon. If you use that, if you made a structure out of that wire, and glued the LEDs to it, it would really look more neon because there'd be no no shapes around it or through it. That could be really cool, I think. I would love to try that, actually. Yeah. So I'm happy I saw that. That, that, that <laughs> yeah. could be cool. Maybe I'll make yeah. that as another project down the line. <laughs> yeah. It, it's really cheap, the wire, and it's um, easy to work with. So like that would not be your issue at all. It would just be finding time for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where do you find the time? During dinner time, you just see, you know, your wife's like, what are you doing over always. there? <laughs> it's always yeah. like, thank God for Michelle, my wife, because yeah. she uh, just, just kind of, knows that's how it is at this point <laughs> yeah i mean no but for real if she because you said she was getting into the whole 3d oh, yeah. printing with the masks like this is something i think anybody could take on i love that actually. you know it's cool. it's fun um and then like once i did a couple i think i said um i made a maui one and then you can kind of like pull it back and it looks like he is jumping or moving forward so it's like you can have a lot of fun with it so that's why I was like, oh, this is this could be like my dartboard thing that like I not that I'm saying you can't take it, George, not saying that at all. I'm just saying that I actually enjoyed doing it. Yeah. Which sometimes it's like another cutting board. Like, come on, people, <laughs> get a little bit more creative here. There's so many things we could make. Um, but yeah, so, very cool. Yeah, definitely try messing with wire and see what you can do with it. Yeah. I love this idea. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned like the little bobblehead effect. Mm -hmm. um, my girlfriend Leanne has two huskies and they will often uh, have uh, energetic altercations. Um, and I'm just thinking like, what happens if I have like two little cutouts of like huskies leaping in midair <laughs> and they're on like springs and they, you can just flick them back and they'll just like bounce back oh, and yeah. forth at each other. Dude, yeah, that would be awesome. I had, I used to, as like a little kid, I had this soccer thing where it was a, 
uh, kind of like a ball that was wedged between two wires. And as you just said that, it made me think like that could be fun to make. Um, are those called like kinetic toys or kinematic toys? Kind of like fidget spinners in a way. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But, you. you know, it's something where, hey, why don't you um, do something that is personal and then you could have fun with it. Like what what face do you laser engrave uh, off of the Glowforge, George, and put on there? Is it Ruby, you know? Um, I love it. And then, yeah, Winston, <laughs> you got your Huskies. And I don't know, we could definitely have fun with doing those types of things. That's really cool. <laughs> so so that, that brings up, like, I think that's a good lead way into our topic. Because so so you're really, I remember when we, like, when I first actually met you, like, over lunch, mm-hmm. and, like, you were describing the products you and your sister made at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like that, like, it's like so clever and like so crafty, right? Um, so I, I wanted to ask you guys, if you had all the money in the world, all the time in the world, didn't have a full-time job, all that kind of stuff, what would your dream shop be, look like, even where it would be maybe, like which part of the world it'd be in? Um, but like, what what would that be? What would... Would it, would it be like this small little space, kind of like what you have it now? Would it be like an entire manufacturing shop? What would that be for you guys? Do you have your answer, first. Winston? <laughs> I mean, so I think I need to bound the problem because I've bounced back and forth between like renting a shop or just working out of my garage. Hmm. And just out of convenience, like if I want to wake up on a Saturday morning and do things, like I, I want it to be accessible and easy and just convenient and I can just like put on my slippers and walk over and check on something that's drying or whatever. So I think uh, when we say dream shop, for me, that would be a personal garage like shop. Awesome. Um, and this is, again, something I've thought of a lot, but um, I always like... If you're going to be in a garage, you've got to limit yourself to at, probably at most realistically like a two car garage. Um, and from there, like I, I've sketched this out, like, can I fit like a miter saw here and like a bandsaw here and a drill? Like your your brain starts going into how can I fill it with all of the tools? Um, and I quickly realized it just wouldn't be possible. So what I've done is like I've just I had to step back and think, what are the what do I want to accomplish in the shop? Instead of like, how can I hoard all of the tools and fit them efficiently? It's what's the the basic set of tools that I need? Like what are the core fundamental machines and power tools that I need to do what I want to do? And I, I netted out to like, I want to be able to create interesting, high precision, uh, unique things on a CNC. So there's a certain amount of floor space reserved for the CNC. Uh, which one that is, what my budget is, that's that's up in the air. Um, but that kind of drives like how much space it'll take up. Do I need a compressor? Um, and then everything around that, like I have to be able to do some basic woodworking. So like a sander, a, a miter saw, um, a, a workbench. Um, and then everything has to roll because I don't know what my living situation is. So when we say dream shop, do we mean we've also found our forever home? Like, are we yep. staying in this place until home. we Let's die? Let's go with that. You have um, forever home and then... <laughs> so I, I was planning on everything being on like really sturdy carts with like good uh, casters and everything so I can reposition everything easily. Uh, maybe some cabinets on the walls. Um, but yeah, it's hard to get away from... The limitations like if you're saying like 
this is the home where we will die and we will stay in the shop forever. That's what I'm saying. Go with it. Yep. <laughs> it wouldn't need. I wouldn't need for everything to be as mobile or portable. Um, so oh, it's for me. Like I am still in a point in life where I don't know if I'll be in the same place in two years or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard for me to shake that feeling. Like I've got to invest in like. The, the best rolling cabinets, like a sturdy mobile workbench for my CNC and, and things like that. Um, but if if we took the the nomadic lifestyle out of the equation, um, then I could certainly invest in some like cabinets with like drawers that are sized specifically for like the Kansas spray paint I have and and customize everything, route my my like eventual laser cutter ducked perfectly i'm looking at you george and i'm like thinking like how do you build in that infrastructure mm-hmm. like if it was my dream shop i'd gut the garage rip it all like if there's sheetrock get it out of there so i can run everything perfectly power where i need it compressed air where i need it um dust collection so it's a really open-ended question the only firm answers i can give you are there will be a kick-ass cnc somewhere in the shop and tools built around um like uh finishing the things that i make like a a polisher uh like a really good drill press and and things like that that are kind of secondary to everything i pull off the cnc how do i uh integrate that with the rest of my work and the basic woodworking stuff is it one cnc machine in your dream shop or do you have like a cnc for this and that and no, I think um, so. One of my in my other podcast co-host Eddie, he went from hobby machines to owning like a hundred thousand dollar CNC, um, and he still uses the little ones like every now and then. Um, but given the shop constraints, uh, I would rather invest more in a slightly larger, but still like like smaller than a or about refrigerator sized footprint um, for a CNC. With a fourth axis, I'd probably give up the five axis pocket NC um, for now, uh, unless I can figure out like a way to, to store it, like get like a flip top bench for a, a CNC. <laughs> um, but I think I have to just consolidate. Like I'm thinking right now, my CNC cart has a Shapeoko XL on top, so it's like the uh, like three or four foot wide, and then I've got a, a standard like the baby size one underneath it. I never use that bottom one and it's just like as much as i want to keep it and tinker with it it's it's not an effective use of my space so i need to learn to downsize and just figure out like get a good machine a good setup that will cover me for like 95 percent of the things i want to do and then just just go from there i know that's not dream like unlimited space <laughs> budget like shop but um those are there's when i think about dream shop i'm still considering realistic constraints and how to how to fit everything in a way where it's not going to be cluttered Mm -hmm. Uh, because at the end of the day i also want this dream shop to be something i step into and not like grimace when i see like like a bag of bolts or like (laughs) uh, wooden offcuts just all over my workbench and i'm like i'll I'll clean that up at some point like everything should have a home Mm -hmm. and the the whole organization and cleanliness is a part of that being the dream shop. 
Yeah, I definitely, that resonates with me, Winston, that it, in my dream shop, there would be a spot where, um, remember like in Hangar, what was it, Hangar 2, is like you got your inventory, like they would drop off in the front, <laughs> and it would always like kind of move its way down to the opposite side, um, and there were sections, you know, is it welding, is it CNC work, is it a lathe? Um, I liked how things kind of had their own sections. And that's how I more thought of the question that you came up with, George, <laughs> uh, was, you know, how would the shop actually be laid out? What was the floor space that I would need? And although I didn't come up with the exact square footage, um, I tried to think of it from the house that I'm currently in with that um, garage. That I have a plan in a few years that I want to expand the garage. So it's currently like a half size deep. So you can't really get a car in there, but it's the full width. And I saw another house with, the, it's the same model in my neighborhood and their garage actually extends into their driveway. And it looks decent. Like it's not that weird of an addition. Um, it kind of goes with the um, flow of like the architecture, I guess, in the neighborhood. And once I saw that, I realized, um, you know, that would give me space above where I could be putting wood and other materials. And then that still opens up my floor space because right now, so much of um, the one side of my garage is taken up by offcuts um, and like a pallet that I have because I was like, oh, I'll break this down and do something with it. Maybe I should just make the Halloween prisoner thing that you, you did, George, and I could throw it up in the, the attic and get rid of it. But it's that idea of um, I want there to be a, a spot for everything. And I like the whole idea of modularity and like being able to move stuff that Winston, you were talking about, even in the dream shop, figuring that you know, 10 years from now, there's going to be better CNC's, laser cutters, and all that that you would want to be able to upgrade to. And nobody likes to keep the same footprint of anything. There's no standardization, it seems like. So by having a cart that maybe could offer, oh, I know that I want, um, you know, a chop saw or a laser cutter that fits within this mold. Well, then maybe I could say, you know, I'm going to always have this cart as my laser cutter cart or I can move this saw over there to make a miter saw station. Um, but yeah, I, I always thought like for how I would want my workbenches set up is to have kind of like a square. And then if you um, cut out like a plus sign in the square and you, it's going to be really hard to describe, I think, but I would want there to be four quadrants or four corners that I could walk in between, right? And I could use any of those four benches They'd be, you know, just wide enough, probably like the two and a half, three feet wide. Um, that's like, you know, relatively accessible, but you're not like stepping far distance over. It'd give me a lot of area to clamp longer pieces of wood on there. Um, and then I would be able to have, say, like, uh, you know, this is going to be your first cuts. And then you get like into more finishing techniques kind of as you go around in a circle. Um, you could access the either side of the workbench because I wouldn't want the bench to be up against the wall. I would want to be able to access both sides. Um, and like I've really thought through that type of workbench. I just don't know how well that would fit in my current setup, even if I expanded it. So that's where I'm like, dang, I kind of need to get out of this place or find a way to make it a two car <laughs> wide garage. And I don't know how I would do that. So that would be more of a dream shop that I would want to be able to have kind of like a nice 
square space and then be able to map things out and there be a, an entrance, a certain spot where you load things that need to be organized so that it doesn't make everything cluttered. Then you get into the spot where you actually work. And I would want, I would want like Winston, I know you're saying I want to be practical, but I want things like a cricket. Um, you know, I want like the laser cutter, the CNC. I want to be able to have a bunch of different things that I could then customize things from like say t-shirts all the way to um, you know metal parts because I haven't gotten to do a lot of metalworking. This little coffee cup is my extent of metalworking <laughs> and that's not acceptable. So what about you, George? <laughs> so I'm really happy with both of your answers. I feel like it's I feel like it's like so true to each person almost type of thing mm-hmm. like Winston I, I almost expected exactly what you said <laughs> like the way you said it it was like yeah that, that's like a Winston like it's like something that will probably happen very realistic um and I think I'm hoping mine's realistic I think mine's way more along the lines of yours is Luke mm-hmm. um so one thing I love about my current shop is that it is our garage and it's like relatively insulated. So um, if Michelle's baking in the kitchen, I can actually leave the door open if I'm not like cutting wood or something. And we could like talk while I'm like doing like some type of handwork or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would love if my shop could keep that factor if it's a if it can be attached or close enough um, so that I'm not always alone out there, I guess. But um, I know I want like a huge shop. I want at least... I'm thinking like two car garage, but two stories and, and not, it doesn't have to be like the second stories, like, you know, you walk up there and actually do work, but, um, I want to be able to store like offcuts of small pieces of wood, um, like all my shelving upstairs, everything that I don't need to focus on that is easy to carry up and down like those stairs. I'm not talking about like machines and stuff like that because I'm not looking to like break my back, but um, I want like the upstairs of this two stories to have, you know, everything that, you know, I need might need for an offshoot project that I just don't need at the moment because I want to be able to kind of see and focus on everything I'm working on at one time. Um, I'm a lot like you, Luke. I want like stations and I've kind of already envisioned this where um, I'll have like, you know, 10 products that are like my top selling products and I'm like dartboard. I have a dartboard hung up on the wall and there's a bench right in front of it. And that's where I build my dartboards. Um, and then I do these, you know, I don't know, Navy signs, I guess Winston said, right. So Navy sign is up on the wall right there and everything I need to make those are like right there at that bench. So I can kind of work in parallel. And if I ever hired somebody, um, you know, they can folk, they can look at what they're, it's supposed to look like, you know, and, and build it. Um, and everything's just right there. So it kind of is streamlined. Um, at the same time, I want in the back of the shop, two giant CNC's, one CNC for cutting wood and one plasma cutter CNC for cutting metal and doing metal signs and, and metal work like that. Um, then, and this is, so it gets a little bit unrealistic with, with all my wants at this, and, and I know it, <laughs> but, um, I'm not going to quit the YouTube thing. So one will have to be a bench just for um, kind of like a camera setup and like showing how to videos and stuff like that as well. So I want that, you know, 
all the camera batteries, everything charged in that location. So everything's really sectioned off for the job that has to be done in those areas. Um, same thing as like, you know, Winston, everybody else. I want all like the shop back, you know, all the dust collection, you know, all that is like, you know, I, I feel like that's almost expected. Like, okay, yeah, you want to be able to walk in and kind of turn on um, and everything can just be as clean as possible. Um, I also want to have like an outdoor outdoor area um, to get into like forge work um, and like bladesmithing. Um, so this will come out in two weeks and I'm just going to say what the surprise is. And if I, if I don't get this out there by then, that's my own fault. But, um, I posted on Instagram, these Legos, um, that I have, uh, I bought like a big box, the, the giant box of Legos. And I've been saying to everybody, what do you think I'm going to be making with this? Um, so I want to get into knife making and I figured the, the easiest way to get into knife making is to make a handle for a knife. Uh, so I bought a knife blade blank. And I'm going to be making the handle out of a bunch of Legos um, to be as like the base of it. Um, and I think it's going to look really cool, but I figured that's like the easiest way in, right? Figure out how to actually create the handle with the pins and, and make it a little bit more complicated because it's not wood um, and, and see how that kind of works out. And we might have talked about that like a while ago, um, but I'm finally going to finally going to do that soon. So, so I want metalwork, woodwork. I want to be able to make everything. And <laughs> that's the problem with my shop. I, you know, I, I, I want as big of a space as possible because I don't ever want to stop learning things. Um, I do want part of it to be streamlined for the business side of it. Um, but tomorrow um, for my birthday, I'm going out uh, with my family and we're doing glass blowing. There's a place in Asbury Park that does glass blowing. And I've been like obsessed ever since ever since I've seen uh, Blown Away on Netflix, which is, if you haven't seen that show, it's like phenomenal. It's a glass blown competition with like the best of the best. And it's just amazing how beautiful it comes out, right? So tomorrow I'm gonna see how much I like doing that. I don't think that's something I'll ever get to selling. Shipping sounds horrible and um, that's a very artistic type of thing. So um, I think it'll just be for fun. But maybe maybe I'll have a small station for that one day. I don't know. But 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 I'm really interested to see how that kind of turns out as well. That's awesome. Um, this does not take away. Now, one more thing would be cool. Um, but so right here in you know where we do this podcast this is my room where I have laser and three D printing. It'd be really cool if I could have like an office space in my shop where I just move it all into that. But um you know that now we're talking to like something probably not near my house and like some giant like well i mean i don't know at what point in my scale of things i have to <laughs> i was gonna say property. what are you talking about what's giant <laughs> you probably section off like you know one tenth of what you talked about and that'd be an enormous office <laughs> i have like huge dreams and i want to make it all happen and i i, I think i'll get close eventually and soon and i'm just gonna keep building up until i get there i want to make everything and i want it to be profitable so that and i want to teach people and one day i want to do a maker shop you know mm. and i, I it's just it just won't stop it's funny like i thought i had a clear idea of it until like i started explaining it to you guys i'm like no nah, but i want this and this and this and this and this too it's funny though george because i know we've talked about like you just said at the maker shop maker space fab lab you know whatever yep. you want to call it 
And um, I'm super fortunate right now, and I wasn't aware of this, but um, where I'm currently working, there's supposedly a grant, a really big grant that where they want so much money being pushed into this STEM department, which is w what I'm doing, like a STEM teacher. Cool. And they want me, along with the other teacher I'm working with, to create a fab lab in the school. Oh, so the, I'm so jealous. Yeah, so I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? You guys are, you know, essentially, you've got all the money and we just need to figure out how it works in our um, floor space. So it was funny when you brought this up, I was like, I kind of am already getting to work through it with, and the guy that I work with, he's, you know, like a 20 plus year experienced teacher and um, seems to have like a lot of great ideas. So getting to hear from his side and like how you would, um, you know, where the kids would go. So where your customers or whoever wants to learn how to make these things, where they would go. We've tried to think about some sort of things like even hydroponics. I know that's kind of outside our realm, but like how you could have a really cool wall set up and kids are learning like, oh, we need to make pump parts or um, pieces like that are wow. you know going to be like the pods and stuff. So like you could have them working on science-related projects, and then they're the ones producing the parts for it, or how could you, you know, improve things and whatnot. But yeah, that, like, that's where my end goal is, and I'm really, like, starting to grasp that, yes, I want that. I'm not going to be able to just go, like, you know, get a mortgage for some sort of shop over in, like, a certain area, whether it be Tom's River or wherever, but, like, you know, maybe it is a 10-year, um, kind of like plan and that during the time you have to get your skills correct and you know to closer to an expert level mm -hmm. that once you have the money or you're willing to take on that risk or that investment in purchasing a place when you go there you kind of have this floor plan that you could start to like put into place in that location and then you'll make it all work out but um but yeah, I think it's something like cool to work towards and to build like a mini version of that in your garage. Because exactly. then once you get more space or once you look for a place, then um, you'll know kind of like, well, these are the requirements. Kind of how Winston was breaking it down to, you know, I, I have to narrow this down. Like obviously I would have a football size stadium of this is my shop and I could have every CNC that's ever been created here and you know it would get way unrealistic but yeah if you do start to narrow it down and figure out well if there is a glass blowing station and i also want to do knife making and all that well we could have like a hot end of it exactly or that could be outside like you said um but yeah like you kind of just have to get the the tools and the materials in do a couple projects with it get comfortable with it and then see like what you said about having the dartboards like that was cool to me now you have a finished product hey when you come over in this station here are some examples of what you can make look at these vases or signs or stained glass windows that you could make i have no idea what other things are besides vases that you can make with glass blowing but but you get the point like you have those examples yeah. you inspire somebody when they come there it, you, you get to see what your end result might look like Exactly. And, and it's it's in with that point real quick. I, I remember hearing somebody, I think it was designed by Don, if I can't remember, they made a lot of custom products for people in their area and they would actually have them come to the shop um, to either pick it up or talk about design or kind of see progress. And 
that made me think of, well, if you have all these stations with the products, one, that's good for sales, but two, it's also like a really cool factor. Like he would, if I remember, he would actually shave off a bunch of wood and burn it so that when they come in, they have like a wood aroma going on and like really like go like, I know like, like intense, but like to me, it was like, wow, that's like pretty smart. Cause like people love that. Like people like love being in the moment of like the thing that's being made type of um, mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, well, that'd be, that'd be really cool to get to one day also. And, and, and so maybe, but um, yeah, that, that in my, I really envision that like for me, I need to see everything that I'm working on constantly, always be aware of it. So I'd like, Hey, I know like that's the station we're going to be doing that. And I just want to focus and kind of insight in mind type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's so cool. You're gonna have to share that makerspace. Um, yeah, like, I can't, that I mean, layout once you guys have it, that's yeah, awesome. They, yeah. They want like a 3d rendering of it. Like, I don't know if I could do that, all of that, Sketch but it, I baby. could give you a good, yeah, <laughs> maybe we could do a nice floor plan. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's super exciting to be able to, um, get to work on that. And like we we're saying with the whole, like, goal or dream of having my own makerspace it's like this is version one and then i can learn so many different things from it that it's like oh yeah this seems to really work out well you know yeah That's interesting. Yeah. Yep. Oh, nice. Or Yeah, because even using your shop vac alone with like a tool would that kept like I, I remember with my if I use my planer and shop vac on the same outlet, it will keep tripping nonstop. <laughs> I 
That sounds like something I would do, which is really funny. <laughs> so I'm, ha I'm happy you said that. <laughs> That's too funny, man. Well, I think I think we actually got a call because I think uh, Winston's. Um, I think Winston had a, a had to go around now, but um, this has been awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. This no, this has been a a hilarious discussion, and not to continue it, but George, you mentioned uh, YouTube, and I completely forgot that. But like, I saw your eyes light up when about, I said like, it. <laughs> where, where am I going to put cameras? Where am I going to put lights? There's just so much that goes into this that, like, I just have to start taking notes and start planning, uh, so that when I do get that space i can just jump to it mentally i've budgeted like eight to ten thousand dollars and just equipment like electrical upgrades and just everything i want but yeah no this is a fun talk it's funny because you budget eight to ten thousand in my head it's like it has to be way more in my head it has to be like 30 30 40 at, at minimum <laughs> i'm thinking and and I th so I think what you said real quick is then we're gonna go. But you said like you gotta start planning it out. I think it's important to start planning out now because if I can get one of those CNCs now, if I can keep getting one piece of the equipment, it'll be so much easier. Sure, it'll be a mess now, but once I can, I'll just take everything out, put it in a corner, set up my shop, and then I have everything ready to go. It's just way more affordable than like one big bill at the end of the day. At the end of the day, but. This has been fun. It's. Uh, I hope we can all get there, and, and maybe in a few years we'll be like, "Wow, we got our dream shop." So now we want. Now we got a new dream shop in our mind. <laughs> oh, too good. Ah, oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Where instead of pumping the smell through the vents, you pump the wood shavings like we we're talking. <laughs> Take care, guys. Royalty wow. on us. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a soda. <laughs> That's too funny, man. It's just like movie theaters where you smell the yeah, popcorn constantly, and you want it. Oh, just ate like two jumbos, but I need more popcorn. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, too good. All right, guys. Well, this has been fun, and so we'll probably talking in two weeks. We'll catch you guys later. All right. Take care, guys. <laughs>